you for listening to the Sanction Love Podcast. Our vision is to bring the ratifying love, the binding force of love, to individuals with the purpose of increasing intimacy, freedom, and identity in Christ. Good morning. It's good to be here and good to have you all here. And I think it was something like seven months ago when we really started the planning stages, and it's it's hard to believe that finally here we are. <laughs> so we are just so thankful, and I'm going to start out a little bit differently than I had originally planned. Um, Seth's song, or the worship team sang um, the Lion and the Lamb this morning, and I was thinking about um, excuse me, uh, Linda's message last night, part of it, where she talked about one of her quiet times where she felt like the Lord told her, for those of you who weren't here, she felt like the Lord told her to get a picture of me and put it before you and just gaze on me. And as they were singing the lion and the lamb this morning, I just was reminded of when the videos of the Chronicles of Narnia came out and just the... The depiction of Aslan is the lion, and he was so strong. He had so much strength, but yet it was like you just wanted to gaze into his eyes and just just have that revelation of, of the father as the lion. And I just wanted to encourage everyone this morning, first of all, that no matter what you need this morning, whether you need the lion who fights with you, or for you, or and for you, or you need the lion that lays down as a shelter to the lamb, he will be that for you today. And in the footnote, um, my text is Psalm 139, and in the footnote, it says for verses 13 through 15, God's character goes into the creation of every person. When you feel worthless or even begin to hate yourself... Remember that God's Spirit is ready and willing to work within you. So whatever you need God to be for you, he will be that for you. And we're talking about this pursuit, this amazing pursuit, and there are so many songs and lyrics and, and of course, words in here about his pursuit of us. And I think of reckless love and and there's a song on the radio right now, and um, one of the lyrics is, he's the one who never leaves the one behind. There are no nobodies in God's kingdom. He will never leave the one behind. If you feel like the one left behind, it, it just doesn't happen in his kingdom. Like Megan said, he'll leave everyone in this room to go get you and bring you in. So I just wanted to start with that and... Oh, and another one of my favorite lyrics is, um, you didn't want heaven without us, so you brought heaven down. I mean, that is a pursuit, right? <laughs> okay, well, uh, ooh, that's loud. I was praying about what um, I was supposed to share, and one morning I woke up and I just heard this psalm playing in my um, in my mind, and I thought, that is a great depiction of God's pursuit of us. And it's a very familiar psalm, Psalm 139. 
where David is talking about, Lord, you examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know my thoughts. You know my words before they're even on my tongue. He talks about knitting us together, the Lord knitting us together in the womb. And so it's a very familiar um, scripture. And um, it goes through kind of the, um, I mean, it's, it's a good look into David's life, too, because it talks about how intimately the Lord knows him, and he knows him inside and out, yet he still loves him. And we know David has some things he probably wouldn't have wanted necessarily recorded for all of the generations to come to read about him, but he knew, he knew the grace of God, and, and he knew that he could never go anywhere. He could try to find the furthest corner of the earth, and it says, in an instant, the Lord would find him. So we are all stories being written and, and walked out. And um, there was a story of a certain life. Um, well, I'll back up. About three months ago, almost exactly, February 21st, something really significant happened, I think, that had global impact, and that was the death of Billy Graham. And we know what um, we know what his ministry did, and and the significance that it had. And uh, I was just watching different messages that he had uh, had recorded, and um, some tributes to his life, and just really thinking about the way that he presented the gospel, and and thinking of his life, and. It was like I saw this picture um, of a study or a large library, and there was like a fireplace and a you know a big leather stuffed chair or something, and the ceiling just went. It was like it went on forever, and there were just volumes and volumes of books. And I saw the Father, Father God, sitting in this chair, and I saw the last page of this book turn, and he closed the book with a smile on his face, and he went, pretend that's a Billy Graham, <laughs> he, went, he went and he put the book on the shelf, and I just recognized that that was signifying the end of his life on earth, and uh, I had another picture of um, when I, I think this was more when I first heard the news. I mean, they were covering it, you know, on, on regular network television and everything. And it was, I have these candles here because I also saw a picture of a taper candle. And I saw the, the flame go out, and as the smoke started to curl, upward like that, I realized that that signified his life on earth ending and, and his life in heaven beginning. But then as I saw that smoke started to start to curl up, it was like this whole sea of candles came into view. And those represented all the lives that he had touched and um, whose candles had been lit by making decisions for Christ by the simple and honest message that he shared throughout the world. And being the 
temperament that I am, I couldn't help but wonder and be affected by the question, how many people's wicks and flames have gone out? Not because they've died like Billy Graham, but how many have made the decision and the conviction of the moment, but life has come in and they've gotten busy and distracted and pulled away and their flames have been extinguished or how many are burning way down and they just feel like there's nothing left. And it just really impacted me. And so we're going to have a time of reflection later and we're going to come back to that and just really a time of searching ourselves and you know, asking the Lord, what's, what does my candle look like? Is it still burning strong? Are there some things that need to be reignited within me? I want us to be ready. I want us to be ready for our king. We don't know when the final page of our book will turn. And he's not willing that any soul should perish. And that's his heart, and, and that's our heart, I think, also in Sanction Love. We just, we want to we want to share that. And so we need time to examine our own hearts. We need to sit with the Father, and, and we need to find out what he wants our story to be. And it requires inviting God to search and examine us. And I was a little bit hesitant after last night. I thought, oh, my goodness, this message that I've been preparing, is it even what I should share because I feel like everybody here already is pursuing Jesus. And, and you know, I thought, oh my goodness, but we just, Linda mentioned last night, just um, the shame and, and different things that are hidden even in the body of Christ. And, and we need to get healthy. And so I'm going to go ahead and, and share it. And recently I heard someone sharing a, a story from their own personal life, and they talked about a, a struggle that they had had, and um, they went, and with great courage, they confessed it to someone, and if you, if they wouldn't have told me, or if I wouldn't have heard it with my own ears, I would have, if you tried to tell me this about this person, that it was a struggle, I never, ever would have believed you. I wouldn't. I would say, no, that is not that is not them, that's not something, no. And so we just, we don't know. We don't know. We, we hide things because we believe that, you know, we shouldn't struggle with things in the body. But, I mean, when we were formed in the womb, no one escaped the sin nature. It, nobody got to bypass that part. It got put into all of us. And the Lord sets up different alarms within us. Um, he, he puts little warning bells. And, and in Second Chronicles 36, 15, it says, The Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to them by his messengers, rising up early and sending them. And what that means is not, well, they got up early in the morning and went and told them. That means when he first saw a sign of danger, he warned them. And that's what he does for us, just like as parents. If we see danger on the horizon for our kids before they see it, we're going to warn them, and we want them to act. We, we don't want them to just hear us and ignore it. We want them to act. Some of us are making charges 
on bank accounts and running up balances, and eventually those balances are going to have to be paid. And what's going to be the price? Our marriage, our family, our children. It's time to listen if we're hearing those warning bells. Listen early. Listen early. I remember years ago <laughs> listening to a certain uh, talk show host talk about aha moments. I mean, they would have these inspirational people on, and they would have aha moments. And I thought, okay, well, that's, that's nice, but did, there, did anything come from that? Was there any fruit? Was there any action on behalf of that? Like Linda said last night, once you have revelation, there's accountability, so you got to get some action behind that, or you're going to start to live in conflict with your own beliefs, and it will tear you up. And recently, I read a book called Aha. I don't know if anybody has, um, has read that, but I, it's by the same author, I believe, as, read not, or as wrote Not a Fan, and I haven't actually read that one. But um, this was the Christian perspective, I would say, on aha. And the first A stands for awakening. And my heart is that the Lord will just give each of us an awakening of some sort um, today. And that'll be between you and him unless you or he asks you to share that with someone. But the first step is that awakening. What is it that he wants to speak to you? The second is honesty. The H is honesty. And it's really easy, I know, and I read this in the book, and I thought, oh my goodness, I can really relate to that. But it talked about, basically, I'll call them half-hearted apologies, where you'll apologize for something, but you don't just have a simple apology, you have an add-on sentence, or a run-on sentence, you know, you um, add all this stuff on it to, to kind of lessen the weight and, and not really take full responsibility. Or it may be shifting the, you know, I'll share the blame with you, though. I'm sorry, but, you know, if you hadn't done this, then maybe, you know. And, you know, we just, we need true honesty. It can't be half-hearted. And unfortunately, we've seen a lot of the dumbing down of the reality and the truth of sin in our day. And we need to be narrow, as Linda talks about with us, and we need to call sin, sin, and we need to uh, deal with that in our lives. And um, years ago, when my husband and I went to a pastor's conference, there was a speaker there, and, you know, we just, we, we went, and as far as I remember, we, we enjoyed the speaker. And then years ago, there was a, a revealing of a big moral issue that had been going on. And, you know, I just, I don't feel like he just went from A to Z, you know, immediately. I think there were warning bells, there were alarms that were going off. And so um, as we take time later to go before the Lord, I just want us to really be honest with ourselves. Is the Lord warning me about something? Is there some alarm that he's trying to awaken me to? And am I pushing the snooze button? Am I thinking, oh, it's okay. I'm going to just snooze. I'll take care of it, but later. Um, 
we can't do that. Like I was saying, making the comparison to making charges on an account and running up the balance. And pretty soon the balance is going to get out of control and it has to be paid. And, and could it be from a crumbling? And we don't want that. So first is awakening. Second is honesty. We need true, raw honesty. And the third thing is action. And when Nehemiah was leading the rebuilding of the walls, um, he didn't just say, you know, he didn't just take a lax approach. He said, get your swords and let's get to work. So it's going to take some work. It's going to take some action. And so, again, as we take this time later, I want you guys to really search your hearts and um, listen and maybe even write down if you know of a specific action that he's going to want you to take in regard to whatever it is he's laying on your heart. Now, some of you were in Reno with, or excuse me, I guess we were in Tahoe at the time, but um, I shared something when we were in Tahoe, so this will be repetitive to some of you who were there, but I felt like the Lord was saying it's demo day, and for those of you who like any of the popular um, house flipping shows, you'll know what demo day means. That means you're going to go in and you're going to tear down the old and make room for the new. And without fail, when they do that, they start tearing things down and they find these things that were hidden, these things in the walls and and these, um, you know, some rotting floor or whatever it may be. And um, they could just say, well, you know, we weren't planning on the cost of that, so let's just go ahead and replace the wall, but we'll just leave that behind there. We'll just pretend it wasn't there. That's going to cause major problems down the road. It needs to be taken care of. It needs to be dealt with. And... uh, for some, it may just be having the Lord put in a new sound system. Maybe you just need a new sound system and need to be able to hear more clearly what is being spoken to you. And for some, it may be, you know, I feel kind of like a rundown fixer-upper that's always overlooked, and Lord, I need to start seeing myself the way you see me. So that brings me to shame. And that's where I had written, not one of us when we were created in the womb escaped being given the sin nature. But I think the story of Adam and Eve and and the fall, I think is a beautiful picture right off the bat of how God does not want us to live with shame. After they sinned and they realized, and they had the realization that they were uncovered and they were naked, they went and they made their own clothes and covered themselves. And then God came and and he dealt with their sin. He dealt with what they had done. He didn't overlook it. But I believe that when he then turned and made a sacrifice and gave them um clothing from the sacrifice, I believe. I mean, he could have just said, okay, well, you already clothed yourself. You're good. 
But no, he made the sacrifice and he clothed them. And I feel like that was a statement that he didn't want them to live in shame. He sees and knows everything about us, everything about us. And he still loves us. He still thinks about us. Verses 17 and 18 say, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. So just stand on that. If you're feeling unworthy or if you're feeling like, oh, Lord, I don't want, even though you already know, I don't want you to look through me and look through all these things. Just remember, in spite of all that, he still has precious thoughts about you. I want to jump back to verse 5, and it says, You place your hand of blessing on my head. And that refers to, in the Hebrew culture, um, wise fathers would take their children, and they would speak a blessing over them. They would give them, I mean, they would speak identity into them, their place in the family, their significance, their role. And some of us need to have that moment today with the Lord. Some of us need to have him place our hand upon us and and seek and hear and know. And maybe you've known that in the past, but maybe it's different for going forward, and you need to hear and know what that is. So seek that. If that's what the Lord is laying on your heart, seek that in your time with him. Whatever you need to add to your story, whether it's awakening or reigniting, whether it's demolition or a father's blessing, my encouragement is to act, to move, just make, a, make an action. And maybe you don't like, if you were to look at the current chapter of your life, you would think, I don't like that chapter. I wish I could just tear that out. It can be different from here forward. Because everybody loves a good ending. So you can go to the Father and you can write together a new good ending. (laughs) So I want to end. I don't know if it's even been very long, but (laughs) I just, I want to end with a picture because we are going to have time to um, sit before the Father and um, seek what he's speaking to each of us and um, there was a, an older man who his wife must have died because he was alone, and um, his family made the difficult decision to have him put into an assisted living facility. And they would come, his family would come visit him regularly, and eventually, as you've heard similar stories, I'm sure, his memory started to decline, and he wouldn't remember their names when they would come. And one day they they came, and his daughter asked him, Daddy, do you know what day it is? And he said, no. And she said, well, then how do you know? How do you know to come and wait for us? And he said, oh, honey, I wait for you every day. And whether you feel like the prodigal who is still far off and the father is running to you, or whether 
You're the child going to visit your dad, and he's waiting for you. Those are two amazing pictures of his pursuit of you. He wrote your story. What is it going to say? We don't just go on autopilot from there. We have to take action. So Seth is going to sing a song. It's another version of Psalm 139 um, by Shane and Shane. And that's just going to lead us into our reflection time. And I have some candles. I don't know if we're gonna, we can pass them out, but I just really want these to signify if, if we do get them to everyone. Um, you know, what is it that needs to be reignited in you? Or, or what is it that needs to be refined or purified and awakened? Let that just be a symbol or a reminder to you. And we're going to go into this time, just really seek the Lord for what it is he wants to speak to you. Remember an awakening. I want you guys, I just pray that you'll have an awakening to something that he's speaking to you. And honesty, and that you'll be able to um, come up with an action. And when the prodigal son realized how far he had fallen, and, and he looked around and he realized he was eating with the pigs, he didn't stay put. It said, so he got up. And he didn't hesitate because if we hesitate, a lot of times we get our heads into it and we start thinking and we start fearing and it keeps us from doing what we need to do. So I would encourage if the Lord is laying something on your heart that you just make a plan and you take immediate action. But just let the Lord speak to you. Remember, whatever it is you need from him today, whether you need him to be that strong lion fighting with you, fighting through whatever it is that you need him to fight with you for, or whether you just need to lay down in front of him like the lamb and just be sheltered and protected, he's there for you. He'll be that for you. We hope you have enjoyed this session. To learn more about Sanctioned Love, visit our website at www.sanctionedlove.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. To partner financially with the ministry of Sanctioned Love, visit www.sanctionedlove.com forward slash donate.